Set up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for giving us your time. Thanks, Kedar. Thanks for finally having me. I'm super privileged, uh, considering all the amazing people that you've had on Audio Gan. Thank you, thank you. It's been a great journey so far. Uh, Sunit, with all these uh, years we have worked together, I've been fortunate to learn a lot of tricks of the trade, uh, and I was really keen to have you on Audio Gan so that uh, you can share some of those insights with our listeners today. Sure, man. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. So, Sunit, one would clearly agree that it's a great opportunity for any designer to work for a brand like ClearTrip, uh, especially whose mission is to make travel simple. Uh, and since ClearTrip uh, was one of your most significant stints, we would like to hear your version of what it means to make travel simple, or make anything simple for that matter. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you look at simplicity in the context of products that mm-hmm. we use uh, whether it's digital or physical right uh, if i had to basically define what is really simple to use mm. i would you know kind of start with uh, saying that when someone is actually trying to use a product mm-hmm. that person that user is you know has an end goal in mind right it, the whole idea is to get something done mm. achieve a goal exactly when you're about to get something done and you're using a tool or a product you expect it to behave in a certain way uh, and that expectation comes from whatever you are already familiar with i think a designer's job to actually reach simplicity is to really understand what your user is already habitual to uh, is really about anticipating what would come naturally to uh, a user you know while using the product right mm-hmm. in design we like to use the phrase let's build in as many affordances as possible mm. and i would define affordances as signals or indications that represent how something will behave okay i'll give an example right yeah, like uh, what do you do when you see a door handle you you would naturally tend uh, to pull, pull. it yeah, yeah. and what would you do uh, when you don't see a handle push. you would naturally push it right yeah. uh, i mean those are the kind of affordances i'm talking about right build in affordances so that you know users will like naturally behave in the way you want them to behave right mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the reasons why i like to stick to basics uh, and not reinvent the wheel when i'm designing anything mm-hmm. uh but that doesn't kill creativity well my take on that is don't be creative for the sake of being creative mm-hmm. i mean i think creativity should be objective and should have a purpose mm-hmm. for example if you are trying to change say the visual design of any application mm-hmm. if you do that with a purpose 
it becomes much more meaningful. The objective could be that I want the app to feel more warm, modern or premium or maybe create a perception of being lightweight. Whatever the case might be, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you should be able to question your decision, you know, and end it with, have we able to achieve what we had set out to do? You know, also a lot of designers want to do things different, differently for the sake of being different. And this could actually hurt your users. One must not forget that we are all key creatures of habit. I'll take an example uh, here. All my life, I'm used to having the light as a first light switch, you know, as the first switch on the switchboard. Uh, and intuitively, when you enter a dark room, you reach out for something on the wall and the first thing that's uh, accessible, you click it and, you know, that's how the lights come on. The, 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 the house I was living in before this, uh, the light switches were like, the light was not the first one. It was the second one and the first one, the fan. Right, And I would, it disoriented me so much that I would turn on everything else except for the light. <laughs> you know, uh, I just couldn't never ever get the light switches right. You blame yourself for being stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah? yeah. And it's like your wife's favorite topic uh, during any dinner. So Sunil can never get switches right. No, she, but you can anytime get a electrician to fix it that, right? Well, I mean, that's the lazy me. So, like, I'm not really bothered to do that. But anyways, I think the point I'm trying to make is that the quality of the switches and the finishes have gotten really, really better. But at the end of the day, if they're not placed right, mm. uh, all that effort uh, is a big waste. Yeah, to actually summarize it, I would say that, you know, you keep your products simple and stupid. Like, don't make your f users feel stupid. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so, Sunit, since we are talking about simplicity, today I would like to hear from you the the secret formula which we have in our design team and everybody is like really, they get the vibe exactly when we utter these secret words which is lunch and dinner. So, can you explain uh, more about what is lunch and dinner, how did this phrase come about and uh, how does that fit in the simplicity context? Achha, okay. <laughs> So, I was not expecting this, but anyways. Lunch and dinner is um, a code word that we use uh, when we want to tell any designers to make something very, like as obvious as possible. Okay. And, and I'll tell you where this came all, where this originated, right? There was, a, uh, there was a fancy cafe that opened up near our office, um, and uh, yeah, it, it had a fancy name. I don't remember. It was Cafe Blah Blah Blah, whatever. Hmm. It had a really nice looking board, a very nice, it was a really nice looking place. And, you know, we used to go there and enjoy lunch sometimes. And after about a week or so, there was this ugly board that came up and it said below the sign board, it, there was a bigger board that in a very like very ugly font which says said lunch and dinner available <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of people who didn't realize that this place was yeah, also maybe because like, of the cafe word yeah because of the name and maybe the look and feel of the place you know people were not entering it for lunch and dinner they were probably only like going there for a coffee or like you know just mm -hmm. like snacks or dessert or something like that mm -hmm. so 
now when like you apply that so what happens sometimes is like you know like in in digital design when you design something and things don't work or things are not obvious mm. uh you got to patch it up in the same way you know you got to draw attention to something in the same way to say you know call out something saying okay i'm here you know, mm. like just here's to make yeah, yeah here's a deal or whatever i mean like can't find an example but the whole code lunch and dinner came up with uh, came about when i wanted to tell a designer that you know design it in such a way that you don't have to patch it later you know so oh, we'd always okay. say okay. okay please lunch and dinner you know so like it was a reminder to say that you know it's better to design for uh making something obvious hmm. so that it's gracefully done in the beginning hmm. rather than make it very subtle in the beginning and then it fails in terms of you know when when it goes out in production and it it doesn't perform yeah, really really oh, well yeah, yeah and then you got to patch it up so that it like you know delivers the number that we had actually promised Mm-hmm. now that makes complete sense uh, and it's a great analogy uh, so sunit uh, i'm guessing so ob- being observant is one of the traits similarly can you share like one or two traits which uh, makes a good designer sure so i think to me the the most important trait a designer must have is just a designer should just have very very low tolerance to like bs i would say <laughs> i think um, the way i see it is like bad design creeps up into our lives when like we become complacent right mm-hmm. uh we just kind of accept things for how they are mm-hmm. and really don't question it mm-hmm. so i think uh, any good designer should not tolerate that right mm-hmm. has to constantly be questioning questioning why things are the way they are and why are people doing things the way they do it hmm. uh so i would say like yeah just low tolerance just like feeling the pain like day in day out like hmm. about how things function in the world would be like the i would say most important trait and it has to happen like that that feeling has to be not only when you are on your desk doing building a product but like you know in everything hmm. uh, you know in the way your clothes are organized or the way your kitchen is organized you know or whatever like hmm. you have to optimize everything and you have to constantly think about how you can make your life better and shave off every millisecond reduce your own effort if hmm. you can yeah. uh, with just thinking through certain flows hmm. right in your life yeah can you give an example we we used to discuss this about about the elevator about the cupboard thing yeah i mean see like there's like i mean obviously in small ways you do things like you know your drawers are organized in the way that you, you put your most frequently used things up front like if you look at the kitchen sometimes what happens is i mean many times you land up having so many things in a kitchen drawer and when you really need something you can't find it mm-hmm. and that's just noise right so you you need to figure out how to cut down the noise and just keep the things that you use on a more regular basis like you know you you make sure the more frequently used things are easily accessible and the less frequent things could be in another drawer which okay you can put in an effort once in a week but because of all of these things you don't want to like use your brain 
power for you know no reason every day yeah i mean that's just one example i mean there are plenty of examples in how you could just optimize your own life by just questioning certain things mm-hmm. like you know why am i bending to do this or why am i stretching to do this like mm-hmm. just there are better ways of like just living a life as well mm-hmm. Uh, so Sunit, uh, obviously your answers have given our listeners, uh, must have given our listeners a much wider context of uh, design and simplicity. So I would like to conclude with a very specific question uh, that how does one become a designer? I mean, what, what does it take to become a designer? Sure. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with, uh, you know, designers that have come from different uh, walks of life and background so there are obviously multiple avenues that you can pick Um, one of which is you know you early in your career you can basically you know get into art school and which I which I did myself right I did five years of fine arts and then went on to do doing a two-year post-graduation in visual communication from IIT Bombay so yeah I mean now obviously the things are you know more accessible there are a lot of more design schools today so you could either do a you could either go to design school for, you know in your undergraduate or you could do a postgraduate after you know any stream right you could be in, doing engineering and then you have an option to you know take up a postgraduate in design either from you know NID or IIT Bombay uh, IITs now have a undergrad mm-hmm. courses as well mm-hmm. Or if like, you know, even if, you know, you've completed your engineering and, you know, you don't feel like doing another postgrad, I don't think you need to be formally trained. I've worked with, I think I've worked with more self-learned designers than formally trained designers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a good designer basically comes with a tinkering mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be like, be building stuff earlier on. Right. Uh, as long as you have that mindset of, you know, trink- tinkering, playing with stuff, creating, building, you know, those are all sort of, you know, makings of a designer. Uh, cool. I think this is a good note to end this. Thank you, Sunit, for being on the show. Uh, it was like like a lot of fun talking to you. And I hope to have you again on Audio Gan. Thanks, Kedar. It was rocking fun. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye! Hello! It's been a great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish thing, Anish welcomes ultra marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash, and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuniwan, Sheila Ditya is joined by Dinika Bhatia, CEO and founder of Nutty Gritties. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. 
Also do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com slash IVM Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Programme, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks guys, without you this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, Blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.